The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum listeners. My name is Shaquille Shah of Wolf and Coast Listers. Uh, this is another segment of Ask Your Lawyer show today at Inspire FM Luton. Um, we will be discussing t- uh, today um, uh, modern slavery and also human trafficking and um, the acts and uh, offences around modern slavery, human trafficking and county lines. Um, I have uh, today with me um, uh, one of the barristers from London. His name is um, Liam Loughlin. Can you uh, introduce yourself, Liam? Hi, my name is uh, Liam Loughlin. I'm a barrister from Church Court Chambers. I'm dealing with various criminal matters as a criminal defence lawyer. Okay. Yeah, so we'll also be having uh, another barrister on, on the show, but he, he unfortunately, he's not um, able to attend in person, but he will be calling in. Um, so today um, we'll be discussing modern slavery. So Liam, as, as to start off with you, what is modern slavery? Well, modern slavery is a um, broad gamut of behaviours that have been brought into the criminal law by the Modern Slavery Act 2015. And that is to put into effect um, the European Council's um, protocols and directives on modern slavery and human trafficking. Okay, so what is it comprised of? What's the elements of modern slavery? Oh, well, the main um, section that we're concerned with is Section 2 of the Modern Slavery Act 2015. Yep. Uh, and that states that a person commits an offence if they arrange or facilitate the travel of another person to exploit them. Uh, and it's uh, irrelevant whether that person is an adult or a child or whether they consent to travel. Uh, and then we're also concerned with Section 4 of the same Act, putting into law Article 3 of the Palermo Protocol. Okay, um... So, um, in terms of exploitation, what a kind of exploitation do they mean when they say for the travel of a person for exploitation? What kind of exploitation is it? Well, we're seeing a, a broad gamut of exploitation, not only uh, trafficking from outside of this jurisdiction, but trafficking within this jurisdiction and also modern slavery. So, there have been a number of cases before the courts um, they have involved um, allegations within the uh, British and Irish traveller community. There are other groups uh, in, in relation to Vietnamese people who have been found to be the victims of modern slavery and trafficking, working in cannabis factories and also working in nail bars. Um, we're seeing a growing problem and a, a greater number of referrals through the National Referral Mechanism uh, from women from Albania who say that they've been the victims of uh, sexual trafficking. So they've been brought in into this country, often under the promise of work, legitimate work, and then have been forced into a life of prostitution. So it covers a broad gamut of, of various um, forms of exploitation. Okay, um, we got Thomas McGarvey online, one of our barristers and our friend. Hi, Thomas. Hi, good afternoon. Oh, good evening, Shaquille. Hi, Liam. Hi, how are you doing? Very good, thanks. Um, listening with interest. Um, yeah, so today we are discussing um, a topic of modern slavery. So um, I know Liam already explained what modern slavery is and what is exploitation and stuff. What's your take on that? I, I agree wholeheartedly with Liam when he suggests that it's not just limited um, to the Irish traveller community. I think the people of Luton in particular would probably associate um, the slavery, the modern um Slavery Act with the Irish traveller community because there was quite a significant case in the Luton area and I think in fact um, your firm Shaquille Liberty Law were heavily involved in that case yeah. as were other local Luton firms and um, I think you guys actually had some, some good results but but the, the reason that they would associate with Irish travelling uh, travellers in the Luton area is because that was what that case was all about um, it was people that were forced into labour by travellers um, in the areas that travellers had um, basically set up um, their, 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 their work streams and it goes much further than that. Liam has given some examples um, that, that of course are right. There's another example from a case that I've done whereby um, people will be familiar with um, fruit and vegetable pickers in, in the Norfolk area in particular 
and Suffolk, um, and, and we've seen a number of different slavery um, cases arising in those areas where people have been trafficked in from Eastern European countries, often on the promise of um, all sorts of um, wonderful things such as housing, um, improved conditions uh, for their lives, uh, better access to education and, and um, to medical services, and actually found themselves paying off falsified debts uh, and victims of slavery. So it, it crosses all boundaries. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for your explanation on this. And uh, now we are obviously there are people who are victims of modern slavery and some people are not victims and they are accused of modern slavery. So what is the uh, uh, how, what separates a, a, a victim and a, a person who is accused of the offence? So what's the difference between a person who is actually committing an offence and who is a, um, actually a victim to this offence? Liam, if you... Um. Well, I, th- there's a distinction to be made between um, somebody who, who is accused of participating in, in this kind of conduct and somebody who's actually been proven to the criminal standard to be involved. So there will be situations where people may be unhappy of their working conditions or they may have entered into some sort of arrangement to facilitate their entry into the United Kingdom. They, they may well have entered into an agreement uh, f- from some parts of the European Union, such as... Uh, Poland or Romania for, for board and for food and for accommodation. Uh, and there is an open question sometimes as to whether it is that exploitation, is that trafficking, isn't that modern slavery, or, or is that just somebody merely exchanging their labour in return for normal levels of remuneration? And sometimes when people want to stay in this country, uh, um, and, and perhaps they don't have a legitimate reason, they may allege that they're the victim of trafficking, because, because as you will know, Shaquille, if you qualify as a victim of trafficking, that automatically massively yeah. assists your right to stay in this country. Yeah, I understand that because I deal with immigration as well. And I know victims of human trafficking do get discretionary leave. And so in some cases, they get indefinite leave to remain in the UK because they are victims and they need to be protected by the UK government, regardless of where they come from. They um, they get to stay in the UK if they are proven that they were victims of domestic violence. Uh, sorry, a victim of modern slavery. Um, we are live listeners on uh, 01582481822. That's 01582481822. If you do have any questions, please call in. Our barristers will be uh, will be happy to assist you. If you have any questions on modern slavery or um, human, modern slavery, human trafficking, or any other areas of law we will be a bit we will be happy to help um you can also whatsapp us on zero triple seven nine four eight one eight two two that's zero triple seven nine four eight one eight two two we are live on facebook you can also comment or message in on facebook and we'll be able to pick up your queries and we put to our, our guests on the panel um now um we um so modern slavery can it also be domestic like in the families can it be as uh, is there a type of modern slavery as well? But there is a, a type of modern slavery. In, there's a various different types. One is um, domestic servitude. So there was a fairly recent case uh, of a man who was convicted at Woolwich Crown Court. He was living in Charlton. He had entered into an arranged marriage originally uh, um, from uh, a with a lady from Pakistan. That relationship had not progressed how he had wanted it to, and especially not how she had wanted it to, with the net result that essentially she was forced to stay in the home. Uh, she didn't have any outside contact. She was forced to care uh, for the husband's mother and various other people. Uh, and she was, in effect, a, a victim of one slavery herself because she was in domestic servitude. So it can happen in the home as readily as it can happen on the farm or on the building site. OK. Thomas, are you still there? Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. In terms of uh, families, can a forced marriage uh, be a, a type of modern slavery if someone is forced I, into I, marriage? I think the, the act of forced into marriage. I mean, it, that that's a difficult thing to define because, of course, um, what do we mean by forced? But the act of getting married in an arranged marriage, let's say, um, to take away the word of forced, um, that that in itself um, could provide the circumstances in which uh, a modern slavery offence could take place. It in itself, um, I would suggest, perhaps isn't for, for many reasons, including cultural reasons. But I do think that when you find um, a situation where a family member who would be um, a wife or a husband um, in, in the home has married into a, a situation and then found themselves having to be essentially on call 
24 hours a day, uh, usually expected to work around that property, being forced to work around that property, then of course we find ourselves in a domestic servitude situation. Um, but the reality is um, a victim can be a spouse, husband or wife, partner, child, any family member, they can be male or female, young or old, a UK national or foreign national. Um, it, it pretty much uh, covers everybody. Anybody could find themselves as a, as a victim um, in, in a servitude or slavery situation. And in fact, perhaps this is something that we, we could have dealt with at the end, but perhaps I'll deal with it now. Um, another thing that listeners need to be very careful about is when, for example, you find yourself going to get your car washed or you find yourself um, on a country road at a farm shop or at a stall on the side of the road buying vegetables or something of that nature, always be aware of the person that you're, you're engaging with because often we see examples of, of areas where we could actually see somebody who is a victim um, mm -hmm. having to, to work. We often see people working at markets that perhaps um, find themselves in less than desirable conditions. But I think the point that Lee made earlier in, 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 the, in the show was a very good one. The area between somebody who is a victim and somebody who has willingly taken the decision to come to the UK and work for a, a, an agreed package, um, it, it is a difficult um, area to try and decide who is actually a victim in all of this because often people make choices that others wouldn't make for a okay. variety of reasons. And, and so certain people may look upon that person as a victim but yeah. others may look upon them as somebody who's made a, an economic decision. It may not be the best economic decision but an economic decision nonetheless. So it is, it's a relatively recent um, area uh, in, in, in regards to criminal offences. Um, it, it's an act that started um, to take effect in a, around 2015. So it's relatively early days for this legislation. But it seems to be um, relatively clear-cut at this stage uh, how it's being applied. Um, certainly um, when we look at the, the recent examples that, that both myself and Liam have dealt with, and perhaps... It's now been linked a little more, um, as you mentioned at the start of the show, to county lines cases and yep. cases where we've got drug um, drug trafficking across the UK and where we've got the use of um, people who find themselves victims um, of slavery or, or servitude. And again, if we look at the people that are raising that defence, the defence under the Modern Slavery Act, it, it's not being raised by any one category of people. It, it's been raised by a wide variety of people from, again, those who came in from another country um, those who have been in this country for, for a significant period of time or indeed young young men and women, uh, young boys and girls who found themselves dragged into the murky world of drugs uh, and are being used essentially as runners to, to cross county lines. Uh, that giving the, the whole um, operation its name, county lines cases come from the idea of crossing county lines. And so we now see the Modern Slavery Act biting in that, in that particular area. We often see it biting in many different legal areas. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Um... Yeah, so he's, uh, like we mentioned, county lines cases. So, uh, Liam, uh, what do you think of county line and ha lines and how does that work? Well, I think um, county lines is all part of this general idea of a, a, changing, a changing understanding of how we view criminal liability, especially amongst um, young people. Uh, and we've found ourselves seesawing in relation to this aspect ever since the, the, the Jamie Bolger killing of when is a young person responsible? When does a young person have the ability to consent? And it's something we're battling and debating across all, all forms of the law in relation to um, gender change, in relation to the age of consent for sexual relations, in, in relation to when people leave home or fight in the army. And county lines is another case of that consideration because there was a long time when young people who were involved in selling drugs outside of London or indeed for gangs within London were viewed themselves as criminals and they were being criminalised. But now the law is looking towards uh, assessing that properly under the Modern Slavery Act, Section 45, mm -hmm. to look at whether those young people are actually capable of exercising free choice and whether they've been exploited themselves. Because it's not just a matter of moving individuals across borders within continents or, or across continents within the globe. It's also a question of moving individuals from a space where they are safe and where they're not exploited to a different place where they are being exploited. Mm -hmm. And county lining is another example of that. So perhaps if just to explain that in a bit more detail, because it may be a term that your listeners are familiar with, but it's perhaps rarely unpacked in the media. County lining essentially refers to the movement of young people, normally by elders within 
criminal gangs, the older people, if you like, at the top of this hierarchy, who move young people from one area to another, normally outside of London, yeah. in order predominantly to sell drugs. And so what these gangs have done, the London gangs and the, the Birmingham gangs and the more organised um, criminal groups, have found that there are markets available. And like any business led by ruthless business people, they are moving young people uh, to these areas to sell drugs, quite often cook-holding them, which is putting them into addresses where there may be uh, an addict who's vulnerable, and then using that address to sell drugs. And then when that place is inevitably raided by the police, as it so often is, that young person, and indeed a person whose property has been given up, uh, they are to be sacrificed. And they'll fill up another property with another person who's been county-lined, who's young and vulnerable, uh, the following week. Okay, uh, that explains it very well. Now, um, county-lining, I know we were recently dealing with a couple of cases where these uh, uh, gangs were involved and uh, some children were, were exploited to use as um, just as, just to sell drugs and in county lines. And usually uh, I've come across where people were sending children to on different trains every day just on the routes, just to you have to go to this village on this country, this train line, you are taking that train line. So it's it's like a network. Um, so um, I know there are certain indicators of... Uh, uh, how someone could be potentially uh, a victim to exploitation in terms of county lines. So what would, if someone, if a normal person sees such a child alone, what is the indicator that he might be exploited or um, he might be a victim of a, um, a county line drugs gang? Um, well, I think the first thing and the first place that this needs to start is in the home. And it's very easy as lawyers to sit here and to criticise and to be critical um, of parents quite often struggling in very, very difficult circumstances, perhaps single parents who have multiple children or parents who are working and just find it hard uh, to keep an eye on, on, on their children or, or perhaps who live in very difficult areas. But county lining involves moving a young person normally from where they are to a place where they're not normally. Yeah. So that's normally outside of London. So the parents have to be alive to that. If their 13, 14-year-old child is disappearing for a day at a time or days at a time, is not in school, then that's the first sign that there's problems. Yeah. And it has to start with the, the parents keeping an eye yeah. out. And then, of course, it, it moves to the neighbourhoods. If you're living in a small village or a small town and suddenly a, a young person appears who's never been seen around there before, doesn't look like perhaps they're involved in the area, calling the police is not necessarily reporting that person to the police for a criminal offence, sometimes it is actually rescuing them from a situation where they themselves have been trafficked. Uh, And that comes on to something that we'll we'll talk about probably a little later on, which is the national referral mechanism for young people who have been trafficked within this country. Okay. Uh, Thomas, a question for you as well. Uh, I was just reading a survey that in London alone, there there are 4,000 children who are used in uh, county lines. Uh, what is your say on that? Shaquille, that doesn't surprise me. Um, uh, it's a shocking statistic. Um, it really is, and it, it's very worrying because I'm pretty sure it's a statistic that's growing, not reducing. Um, my experience um, in County Lines cases um, perhaps is indicative of the problem that we've got. Um, there have always been drug conspiracies as long as there have been drugs. Um, that, that is a given, and that has changed um, over the years, the way in which drug supply has operated has changed, usually because um, the criminals think they're one step ahead of the police and the police catch up with a particular way of dealing drugs and the criminals decide to then deal drugs in a different way to try and avoid detection and, and so on and so forth We carry on. With county lines, um, it, it, it seems that those who are at the top end of any uh, particular criminal conspiracy have realised that by using people of a certain age or younger, um, they, they get two two particular benefits. The first benefit is younger people tend to be um, easily um, rewarded. So, for example, if you give a person of a certain age, let's say 14 or 15 years of age, £100, that's a significant amount of money. Those people don't necessarily need to to spend money on mortgages. They don't have to keep a car on the road. They certainly don't have children to feed. And so it's a a very large amount of money, and it means they can go and spend that money on the things that 15-year-olds want to spend their money on nice phones, nice shoes, 
um, nice sports gear and all the rest of it. And so that's an easy fix for those children. Uh, and so it's an easy um, exploitation for those who want to, to make the exploitation. The second issue is if those children get caught, um, the, the, the criminals have realized that actually the courts will deal with them slightly differently. They, they won't necessarily prosecute them. They, they do prosecute them in certain circumstances because, of course, it, it, just because the Modern Slavery Act provides a defense and, 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 and provides a classification of victim for, for a large number of people, it doesn't apply to everybody. So, of course, um, they look to these people as being people that may not be prosecuted. And so there's a real benefit there um, for, for using younger people. And that seems to be um, what most criminal organizations are doing at the moment. They are using very young children, um, certainly to courier the drugs from um, area B, uh, sorry, area A to area B. And then, um, as Liam quite rightly said, cook-holding them into a property in a particular area. Well, one of the things that the parents in particular um, who may, for example, realize that their child has, has all of a sudden turned up with a new pair of trainers or a new phone that they didn't buy them, and they can't quite work out where that money's come from, but they see their child going to school every day and coming back. And certainly there have been cases that I've been involved in where, where children have actually been couriering drugs from one destination to another in their school uniform. So there are children playing truant and, and actually not going to school. And from their parents' perspective, um, they are going to school because they head off in the morning, they come back in the evening and they're in their school uniform. So it's worth just keeping an eye um, on things like that and maybe just making sure that attendance is, is what it should be at school. Because it's not, it's not a case of it won't happen to my child. It can happen to any child yeah. because the motivation is a financial motivation in some circumstances. There are other circumstances, as Liam has quite rightly identified, where vulnerable children, um, vulnerable because of all manner of circumstances, are picked upon. Those who are um, you know, in and out of care and, and find themselves um, in, in desperate situations, they, of course, are victimized. But these people don't care which children they use. Uh, and that's the reality of it. So if, if they can convince your child to do it then 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 they will and that's that's what we all need to be quite cautious about okay thank you very much um yeah so um the act who deals with these sort of offenses modern slavery act so modern what what offenses modern slavery act deal with uh liam well um whereas if we deal with the defense first of all whilst we're on county lining because oh yeah um for anybody who's a victim of of trafficking there is a defence at law under section 45 and the test is slightly different for an adult to uh, that for a child so if you're accused of any offence bar serious offences such as murder or causing grievous bodily harm with intent or manslaughter which is the unlawful killing of another um, you are entitled under the modern slavery act to to a defence which is a new development um, because there were frequently times prior to 2015 where you may ha have an individual who's been trafficked into the country, they're being exploited, they may, for example, be working in an office, um, cleaning up or assisting there, and, and suddenly they're found with identity documents, and they're charged of, with an offence under the law for that. But the reality is they've been trafficked into the country, they've been exploited, and so they should have a defence. So if that person is an adult and they've been found to have committed a, an offence, if they can show that they were compelled to do so, and that was as a result of slavery or relevant exploitation. And if a jury is of a view that a reasonable person with relevant characteristics in the same position as that person uh, would have no realistic alternative to committing the offence, then they have a defence. And again, it's this reasonable person. Of course, this reasonable person perhaps never existed. But we look towards the characteristics of that individual and we say, would a reasonable person have acted as they did in that situation? And then the reason why we come on to children is because there's a slightly lower threshold for children under Section 45.4 of the Modern Slavery Act. Um, they only have to commit an offence as a direct consequence of their being a victim of slavery. And then the question then is, would a reasonable person in the same position and having that person's characteristics, including their age, which is important in this circumstance, would they have committed uh, the offence involved? So it's a slightly lower threshold because obviously once you get over the age of 18, it doesn't really matter perhaps if you're 20 or 50. But obviously when you look at what a reasonable person would have done if that person is 12, 13, 14, what's reasonable for that person then changes. So it's a slightly lower threshold. So that's that's the defences. Um, and we can move on to the actual offences. Um, so we've touched upon um, Section 2. We also have Section 4 
which um, is effectively dealing with the same issue. It's all to do with exploitation, and it needs to be understood broadly before we deal on with the specifics of what we're talking about when we're talking about human trafficking, when we're talking about modern slavery. Uh, and it's to do with the exploitation yeah. and the violation of somebody else's will, freedom and integrity. Sorry, I'll have to stop you. Uh, we'll, we have a, a break coming up and we will deal with the, the act itself after the break. So thank you for listening, uh, listeners, and you please call in on 015824-8182 if you have any questions or any queries. Please um, take part in the show. We are still waiting on listeners to call in, but we haven't received any calls yet. So um, please call in on 015824-8182 or WhatsApp in on 0779-481822. We'll see you on the other side of uh, the break. Assalamu Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Welcome back, listeners. It's, it's the show Ask Your Lawyer show. Uh, my name is Shaquille Shah of Wolf & Coast Listers. Uh, we also have uh, uh, our panellists today, uh, two barristers from Church Court Chambers, Liam Loughlin and uh, Thomas McGarvey. Um, Thomas, are you still there? Still here, still, thank oh, you. Okay, no problem. Okay, so you were just uh, discussing modern slavery and uh, county lines. Um, whilst being on, on the advert, we were listening to an advert regarding uh, being subject to sexual abuse as a child. So I think that is a relevant uh, advert to our show so we just wanted to shed some light on uh, how can sexual abuse uh, be part of this topic. So, uh, Thomas, if you take on this, uh, the advert you just said. Absolutely, still and funny. I, I, I thought exactly the same thing myself when I heard the advert. Um, I think the way to, to, to address the question is this. Before there can be um, any victims um, within this context of defending... And we need to look at the background of any of those victims. And obviously, those who are vulnerable are going to be the, 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 the most um, obvious choice of children or young people to be targeted by people who, who, who want to involve them um, in, in offending and want to victimize them. And so where, where would you look if you're one of these people? Would you, you would obviously look around those who are indeed victims of, of all sorts of abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, emotional abuse. You look at children who aren't necessarily um, engaging at school. You look at children that aren't necessarily engaging at home and perhaps um, are in and out of care and, and things of that nature. And, and sadly, what you'll also find is you'll find that once these people who want to use children in this way find a child that works for them, then they can often use that child to recruit other children. And that's one of the, the sad things about this. And, particularly when we look at sexual abuse and what happens to those who are victims of sexual abuse. Uh, if a child is a victim of sexual abuse at home, uh, the procedures that we have in this country mean that once it's reported, social services will more often than not um, get involved and remove the child from the home if they are of a certain age, under a certain age. Once that child is removed from the home, if, if there's not a family member that can look after that child, or if one of the parents are unable to look after that child, then the child can often find themselves in a care situation and that's that that's unfortunately one of the, the positions that we, we we often see we see people that are taken away from their their home environment for, for good reason they find themselves in and out of the care system they're vulnerable children and they are more susceptible perhaps to to, to being easily easily convinced into to getting involved into something that perhaps they, they, they wouldn't want to get involved in or they, they shouldn't get involved in if they if they were in a more comfortable and less vulnerable position at home. So uh, I certainly think that's that, that's one of the um, building grounds for, for, for where we will find these victims coming from. But it's not the only one, Shakira. I, I emphasise that. It certainly isn't the only one. And as I said earlier, all, all children are potential victims and, and could find themselves um, involved in this sort of offending. Yeah. Okay, Liam... Uh... Can sexual abuse also be um, uh, linked to modern slavery? Yes, yeah, so I, I think we've got to be aware that we're not only talking about trafficking of, of adult females into this jurisdiction to be exploited, but the, the investigations that we've seen at the moment are some of the widespread investigations that have 
uh, taking place that touch upon all elements of, of the community and touch upon the care system in this country have also involved the trafficking of young people in the same way a young person can be exploited into selling drugs when they're underage uh, they can also be exploited into effect being um, um, sexually abused by these people being used as as um, toys being yeah. used as sexual playthings and that also is trafficking of young people it's just that as we as a society mature we thought that we had abolished the evils of slavery but now we understand that actually the exploitation of of a young person's will is also an issue of free will and there's also an issue of sort of modern slavery and that's what we've seen with these young children sometimes 13 14 years old in a care system unable perhaps to care for them properly underfunded uh, to an extent and these young people being exploited by by older people and being um, forced to have multiple abortions or having sex of hundreds of men and, and that also is a type of of modern slavery because that young person's will has been overborne and, and they are exploited and this is the, the real tragedy of it all is that sometimes these people don't realize until many years later they're being exploited it may be the young person in care who doesn't feel cared for who thinks they're getting affection but what they're not getting affection they're actually being exploited it, it may be the young person who thinks they're getting money to go and buy some new trainers but they're not getting money to buy some new trainers they're actually putting their freedom and putting their, their life and their livelihood on the line. Because if they get a criminal record, even as a young person, that will stay with them for the rest of their lives. And not everybody who is a victim of trafficking will necessarily be found to have been a victim of trafficking. Okay. Um, Thomas, in terms of, uh, we were talking about the Act itself, the Modern Slavery Act. I, I know you touched upon it previously. How did the actual Act come about and what does it cover? Well, um, uh, the act um, came about uh, in 2015, and it essentially it, it brought together um, a, a number of um, different offences that were already uh, essentially available in, in different formats, and it, and it created a, a, a singular act which tried to cover um, modern slavery in the UK as best as it could. But as I said, um, it, it's a relatively recent um, act, and whilst we have, we've seen a huge amount of cases passing through the system, um, it, it's still relatively early days for this type of legislation. But there's other legislation that, that has um, stemmed from this act, and in fact, um, there was a case that I was involved in in, in Suffolk, which, as I said, involved um, those who were picking fruit and vegetables in the fields, and, and it involved the Gang Masters Licensing Act, um, which is a linked act. And again, it, it all deals with how we use people um, in different types of employments or in different types of work environments. And whilst we've been talking about offending along the lines of drugs, along the lines of those who are forced within the home to work, it's not limited to that. And in fact, um, what, what might surprise some of your listeners is that the, there's an implication and a requirement on companies in this country now who, who, who turn over a certain amount of money, a significant amount of money, it's £36 million a year. But, but you'd be surprised that, that that actually covers quite a large amount of companies in this country. And they now have a requirement to produce a, um, a report, essentially, to, to, to show that they've looked into their business and, and all of the lines of operation within their business. And they're happy that there are no issues in relation to the modern slavery acts arising. So it's certainly been a very positive development. Um, I think before the break, Liam was just going through some of the offences um, under the slavery act. And I think he got to... Um, section two, if I remember rightly. Yep. Um, it, it, what, what the Act does is, it, it, uh, as I said, it provides these new offences. One of the interesting things is, is trying to find a definition for slavery, for example. It, it's, it's not an easy thing to define. If you ask one of your listeners now to define slavery, um, they, they, they will think of perhaps the movies that they've seen, Seven Years a Slave and things of that nature, and try to identify slavery in that sense. But what the Modern Slavery Act actually does is it, it creates a whole network of offences that, that perhaps deal with things that aren't as simple as, as, as what we all think of slavery, somebody in, in shackles being forced to work. It starts to, to deal with a, a variety of areas in which perhaps we had never thought about there being the possibility of somebody being enslaved. A, a good example being, for example, somebody who has a, a live-in cleaner, somebody who is um, living in a big house, perhaps um, the people who own the house are wealthy, and in fact, they've probably engaged a company to provide a cleaner or a maid. And they think the person that's working for them 
is on the right adequate amount of remuneration. They think that their conditions are good, but actually that person is in fact a victim. And, and so it, the Act has actually spread um, the application of this across uh, across society within lots of different areas. And it's, it's opened a lot of people's eyes um, as to where and when people could be finding themselves victim to um, servitude. Okay, so it's not limited to criminals only. It also affects uh, businesses and uh, the big companies where the employees are usually labourers and uh, any other sort of employment. So, Liam, what's uh, your uh, yeah? Sorry, yeah. Carry on. Sorry, Thomas. Yeah, I was just saying absolutely, and and, and that's w- w- one final point on that, Shaquille. Is you'll you'll see now a lot of companies um, having to change perhaps their supply chains and change the way in which they source products, um, because obviously what 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 could be worse for a large companies and finding out that actually your brand is associated with slave labor. We, we've seen it with Apple, for example, and the criticism they've received because they have certain uh, production lines in China where there's been um, significant criticism about the age of, of the people involved in working and the conditions in which they work in China. And so similarly, it can happen in this country and people have to be very careful, particularly people in the food industry. Uh, if you have a very fancy, expensive restaurant in London, it won't go very well for your brand if you find out that your fruit and veg is being supplied by a company that actually um, is allowing modern slavery offences to take place. Whether that was deliberate or whether it was neglectful, and what the Act has now done for certain companies is provided a requirement for them to actually check so these problems don't just linger in the shadows. Yeah, yeah I was uh, I was reading a news on Christmas, I believe, where a child bought a Christmas card and the Christmas card was already used. It was written on some note was written on it. And the first family didn't think much of it, and then when they read the note, the note actually said that we are forced, we are, we are doing forced labor. It was, I think, it was very famous, some very famous company, and they had to shut their um, warehouse down in China, where they were actually victims of uh, modern slavery, where they were forced to do the labor, and they actually that's the only way they thought to send a message to the world that we are being abused here. And so they actually wrote inside a, a, a Christmas card, which is a yeah, very, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I recall seeing that, skill, and that, that's perhaps one of the most recent and, and, and most significant examples of a company having to react um, when, they, when they get information that actually uh, a supply chain that they perhaps haven't done enough due diligence with um, is, is, is one that they don't want to be involved with. I'm sure when, when that particular national company uh, that you're talking about that I won't name uh, yeah. found out that, they were in problems and then of course they, they changed their supply chain yeah that is uh um, if, if it was really sad of, of even reading it i think you might have seen it liam as well it's oh, it so you did my christmas but it didn't help it <laughs> yeah you would you would actually ruin the christmas when you're opening the christmas cards to write to friends and stuff so they didn't open it until later and then they found out that the card was already used um so now um we were on the on the act itself um I was reading a survey online. There are 45 million people are living in modern slavery worldwide. So is this uh, a fair survey? What do you think, Liam? Well, I mean, it's very difficult to to tell. I know that um, I, I've seen reports where one estimate is actually about 0.5% of the world's population are, are in some form of uh, slavery, modern slavery or otherwise. I mean, there were reports coming out of, of Sudan from... Uh, the, the conflict there of modern slavery and actual slave trading taking place. I read another report where 50% of all modern slaves actually live uh, in India. And if anybody sort of travelled around uh, India, as I have, um, you will see people where there's sometimes a, a border between who is actually a, a servant on very, very low pay and somebody who's being exploited. And it's sort of the same thing in Uganda with, with Shambo boys. Quite often sleeping outside the house in inadequate housing for not money, but just food and a place to stay. So, I mean, I think we do see it all around the world. And this is really the whole point about what we're trying to do in this country is because it's all very well to, to look at slavery. And of course, slavery is as old as mankind itself. One only needs to look at the Bible to see uh, that the, the Hebrews enslaved in Babylon and of course it's the history of all, all the peoples of the book as we look through it and in modern history but in this country we're looking towards our supply chains we're looking towards other countries and it's no point us sitting in the United Kingdom condemning the Uyghurs and what's happening over there 
that's being perpetrated allegedly by the Chinese with these people being forced to stay, being forced by the Chinese state to work as police officers and so on and so forth. When in this country, we set a poor example and we let our young people go out and be exploited. We let our, our, our young men go, go to women who, who are not freely selling sex as a commodity, but are being exploited and effectively raped every day. And that's really what we're looking at. And that's what we're trying to combat here. And I think that's why this act is drafted so broadly, because it's not just slavery, it's servitude, it's compulsory labour, it, it's human trafficking. And it's trying to deal with these issues to say, well, is that man working, doing your tarmacking? Is he a man who's not earning very much, who perhaps doesn't deserve to earn very much? Maybe he's been in trouble, he can't get a job. Or is he staying somewhere and, and subsisting? Not existing, not thriving, but is he being exploited and merely subsisting? Okay. Um, yeah, modern slavery, it has an effect on everyone in the daily life so i will, I will request my listeners if you tune into zero one five uh, sorry call in zero one five eight two four eight one eight two two you can also message in on zero triple seven nine four eight one eight two two it's a very hot topic and everyone needs to be aware of this like how can someone be uh, involved in modern slavery by knowingly or without even knowing that they are being victim of, victims of modern slavery so some the, the thomas there are some victims where they're not even aware that they are actually um going through modern slavery when they they are so what's your uh, view on that that's absolutely right Shaquille. in fact um i was involved in a case in wales where um it, it was in fact the first um, prosecution under this act in wales and the victim in that case was a, an unfortunate man who had found himself on hard times but in fact he he, he wasn't in a position where he had no family and no friends or nobody to assist him or look after him. He was actually in quite a good position with family and friends. They, they, they had a place for him to stay. He didn't have to pay for it and they assisted him. But one of the problems he had is he had a, a gambling addiction. And so um, in relation to his addiction, that was something that his family wouldn't allow him to, to, to engage with. So albeit that they would feed him, clothe him, give him a place to live, um, allow him to do many things and provide for him to do many things and essentially give him a very good life. Um, he wanted to gamble and, and he couldn't satisfy that addiction within the family arena. And so what he found was that he um, he left the family uh, environment. He was a man of limited intelligence. So he, he, he suffered from a number of different problems um, in relation to his um, ability to understand things, but also in respect to his mental health and physical health. He then found himself in a situation where he was uh, living with some Irish travellers. And when I say living with them, he was in a uh, mobile home on their land with very limited access um, to things such as shower and toilet, but he did have access. And uh, the, the essential point in all of this was that he was often dropped into the local town so that he could go to the bookie shop, so that he could put on some bets with the bookmakers, so that he could gather a few personal items that he needed and then make his way back to the farm where he was expected to work six or seven days a week for 12 to 14 hours a day. And so in those circumstances, he certainly didn't know he or think he was a victim. He didn't report himself. And initially, um, he, he often um, suggested that those who were um, holding him captive were actually his friends. And so certainly had he not been told and had he not been plucked out of that environment um, that it's not okay, then perhaps um, he, he wouldn't have got the help he needed. And in fact, in that case, um, it was interesting. It was, it was two people charged. One was acquitted and one was convicted. And the lines are quite blurry as to why one was convicted and one wasn't yeah. um, in those situations. So yeah, absolutely, some people don't realize they're a victim. Uh, there's an also another side of the coin, um, Shaquille, if there's anybody listening that thinks, oh, I can use this defense in my, in my upcoming trial, whatever that trial may be. Well, we see a lot of people now trying to run this defense when actually they are not victims of, of, of slavery or servitude, but, but, but it's, an, it's a defense that they could perhaps try and rely upon. And I'm sure that Liam uh, has had as many examples as I have of cases where people want to rely on that defence, but actually, for a variety of reasons, it's not a defence that, that, that is applicable to them. So whilst there are people that think, um, there are people out there that don't know that they're a victim, there are also people out there that may be thinking that they're a victim or trying to suggest that they're a victim as a way of um, avoiding criminal prosecution, when in fact um, that particular set of circumstances that would allow them to be uh, relying on that defence don't necessarily exist in their case. Yeah. Okay, Liam. As uh, he mentioned about the defence, where they say they're not, they are actually victims. 
themselves. So what do you think of that? Well, um, it's a difficult task. It has to be arguable and you have to be able to raise it as a defence, evidentially. But once you once you raise it, it's, it's for the prosecution to, to disprove. So it depends on the circumstance. Of course, if you're a 42-year-old man and you're driving at BMW and you're stopped with 40 wraps of crack cocaine and heroin in your pocket, it's going to be quite difficult to say you've been trafficked and you've been exploited. But actually, if you're a 14-year-old boy, or perhaps you're coming from Hackney and you're sent out to somewhere like Cromer in Norfolk, and you may think that you're a little um, gangster and that you're living the life, and you may not think that actually you're being exploited at all. But the reality is you may well be, and that's the thing. Sometimes people can believe that they're being exploited and they aren't. But sometimes people don't realise that they're being exploited at all, and they are. But the reality is that it, it, it acts in the same way the defence of duress acts in law. You raise it evidentially, so you have to be able to at least assert its existence, and then it has to be disproved. So everything is fact-specific in, in relation to this particular defence. Um, mm. But obviously, if it's without basis, it's without basis. But certainly mm. for young people, for, for women who are perhaps, or indeed men who've been exploited and put into to the sex trade, or, it may well be a defence that's open to them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, I know it's a relatively new area of law and there are not um, a lot of precedents on this and there's in terms of sentencing and stuff. And what is the general criteria of sentencing in, in these kind of offences? Do people go to prison for this or...? Shaquille, um, absolutely. It's, um, it's certainly an imprisonable offence and um, whilst it's a, whilst it's a um, relatively early area of law, as you say, or a recent um, piece of legislation, um, there are cases that have been sentenced and we can look at those sentences to give us guidance. But the reality is, if you find yourself in a situation where you're charged uh, with an offence of um, holding somebody in servitude or a modern slavery offence, um, pack your bag and get ready for prison because, of course, it's not the kind of offences that you may think can be dealt with effectively in the community. Um, if somebody has been willing to um, engage in this type of behaviour, um, it, it, it's a requirement and uh, an expectation for society, you may think, um, for these people to go to jail. What we haven't quite got to yet at this stage is um, sentencing guidelines um, for Modern Slavery Act offences. We, we, we see sentencing guidelines in a variety of um, offending areas. We, we see sentencing guidelines for drug offences, for sexual offences, for all sorts of assault offences, for burglary. And sentencing guidelines for the way in which most offences are being sentenced as we move forward, as the um, government seeks to try and simplify the way in which we, we approach it. And so we haven't seen it yet. We've seen some guidance prepared, but, but we rely on previous cases and we rely on certain um, requirements um, when making a decision as to how long a sentence would be. Okay. So, Liam, so there is no definitive sentencing guidelines at the moment for um, modern slavery offences. No, there's no definitive guidelines. It carries a, a maximum of life in prison. Okay. Uh, the maximum sentence carried by the law. And of course, it depends on the circumstances, how many people were exploited, the level of that exploitation, how long it went on for. So, of course, there may be a short-lived example. It may be somebody who's running a car wash, for example, and people are brought in, uh, they stay for him for a while, he's taking more money than he should, they're not allowed to leave when they should. It could be that kind of exploitation. And then at the other end, there are people who kept as really virtual slaves for, for 20 years. And of course, they attract markedly different sentences. But this is very new. Um, it, it's only been around for five years. And I think the courts are still feeling their way out and, and around mm. the kind of sentences that can be imposed. And of course, when they know and there's a better idea, I suspect we'll see sentencing guidelines to reflect what we're seeing in the courts every day. Yeah. Okay, that's that's very helpful. Now, our listeners, we have uh, covered modern slavery and linked offences and the defences and also um, the circumstances where an offence can be committed and what defences people may have. If you still have any questions, please call in on 01582481822. That's 01582481822. We only got about six, seven minutes to go. Um, so... Um, Actually, only a couple of minutes to go. Uh, time went flying. So, um, um, I know I just need to add something to it because there is a duty for local authorities to report any victims of uh, modern slavery um, to the Home Office. 
and uh, the home office what it does is basically they provide them accommodation and they also provide them um, a leave to remain if they're not from this country so um um I think we pretty much covered everything in terms of modern slavery, but it is a widespread area, so one hour is not enough to go into details of this. Um, so um, do you have any recent examples of any modern slavery cases to add? Uh, personal cases? No, uh, no. I have been dealing with um, a hard-working businessman who is of Albanian origin, and he has fallen foul um, of the civil legislation that exists. And this is an important area because it is possible for the police and for the courts to impose sanctions on those who are convicted of a criminal offence, but also those that they believe may pose a future risk of being involved in trafficking. And that is quite onerous and that puts okay. a big strain on the businesses. Yeah. Um, so I've been dealing with a, a number of those cases and I've dealt with other cases involving those in the traveller community where it's been alleged that people have been using um, their employees effectively as slaves, although that did not result in prosecution because I think yeah. the allegations are quite spurious in that allegation. Yeah, so we are on the last minute of the show. I know Thomas uh, recently been dealing with some uh, cases. Do you have anything to add for like for the last 30 seconds, Thomas? Um, no, other than just thank you, um, Shaquille, and, and to thank Gleam. Um, it's been a very informative um, show, and in fact, I think that we'll have a lot more to talk about on this topic as the years unfold, because I think we'll see a lot more um, impact of this um, sensible piece of legislation. Okay, thank you very much for coming online. Um, we are right towards the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening to our show. It will still be available on podcast and our Inspire FM website. If you want to listen to repeat the telecast, you can go to uh, Inspire FM Facebook page or um, their website. Um, we are just ending the show now. Thank you very much for listening to us. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at InspireFM Luton.